Stand with me and let's honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of James chapter 1. This is the foundation for our brand new series, James chapter 1 verse 22. So we'll find that and then also uh, find uh, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 14. Amen. James chapter 1 and verse number 22. James writes, and he says, but be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. And then I want us to look over in Philippians chapter 2, and verse number 14. Paul writes in the book of Philippians, and he says, do all things without complaining and disputing. That you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I may not run in vain or labored in vain. Notice verse number 14. Paul says, do all things. Say all things. Do all things without complaining. Say without complaining. Father, I thank you for your infallible, your powerful, your life-changing, miracle-working word. God, I pray today, Lord, that once again the anointing of the Holy Spirit will rest upon the message, rest upon the messenger, Lord, today. God, give us ears on our hearts today. Let us hear, but God, I pray that we will not only be hearers, but we will actually do and put in practice what we hear today. Holy Spirit, do your work today, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, it seems to me that the Apostle James and Nike seem to have the same slogan, and that is the slogan, just do it. Turn to your neighbor and say, just do it. Say it like you mean it. Say it with a little bit of attitude. Just do it. So this is the series that we began last Sunday and will continue today. And in this series, we are talking about some things that we should start doing and some things that we should stop doing. Now, last week, we said stop blaming. Stop blaming. Today, our theme is stop complaining. Stop, turn to your neighbor and say, stop complaining. See, the truth of the matter is a complaining Christian should be an oxymoron. The two should have nothing in common. And yet, some Christians seem to complain as if it were their spiritual gift. Now, I want to be very, very clear this morning. Listen, listen, I'm not saying that it's never right to complain. I'm not talking about, I'm not saying that it's never right to complain. There is a time to complain, and there is a way to go about complaining. So I'm not talking about the fact that we should never, ever complain about anything. What I'm talking about this morning, I'm talking about the constant complaining. I'm talking about chronic complainers. So we on the same page this morning? See, out of all people groups, Christians should be the last 
to complain. Why? Why? Because we have been saved by the grace of God. Why? Because we have been forgiven of all of our sins. Why? Because we have been given a host of gifts which includes the Holy Spirit and the Holy Scriptures. We have been given pastors. We have been given teachers. We have been given access into God's presence through prayer and through praise. And the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, am I saying that our lives are perfect? Am I saying that that we should never struggle in this walk of faith? Of course not. Of course not. But here's what I'm saying this morning. I'm saying that we are serving a good God. I'm saying that He has abundant blessings for us. I'm saying that He has promised to go with us through our storms and through tumultuous times in our lives. Oh, I'm telling you that God is good this morning and He's blessed us all. And we have so much to be grateful and thankful for. The challenge for us today is stop complaining. Stop complaining and start praising. Let me challenge you this morning. Stop complaining about the bad things in life and start counting up all of the good things in life. Let me challenge you this morning. Count your blessings, not your burdens. Let me give you five reasons this morning, five reasons to stop complaining. If I could have just a hair more in my monitor, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Five reasons to stop complaining. The first reason we need to stop complaining is that complaining angers God. Did you know that? Did you know complaining angers God? The book of Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 1, talking about the children of Israel and about God taking the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage and taking them on their journey towards the promised land. Numbers chapter 11 and verse number 1 says, Soon the people began to complain. They what? Soon the people began to complain about their hardship, and the Lord heard everything they said. Then the Lord's anger blazed against them, and he sent a fire to rage among them, and he destroyed some of the people in the outskirts of the camp. I don't know about you this morning, but it seems to me like God takes complaining very seriously. It angers God when we forget about all that he has done for us in the past and all that he has promised for us in the future. See, the children of Israel had been slaves in in Egypt. And God delivered them from their bondage in in Egypt. And God was taking them on a journey. He was taking them to a land that he had personally picked out for them. A land land of provision and a land of prosperity. But the Bible says that just three days. Did you know that it was only three days? In just three days into their journey, they began to murmur. Just three days into their journey, they began to complain. And the sad fact is that they never stopped complaining for the next 40 years. The Bible says God became so angry with these people that that he did not allow them to possess the land he had promised. Seems to me that God takes complaining pretty serious. Complaining angers God. 
Here's a little tip for you this morning. Don't make God mad at you. (laughs) Don't tick God off. (laughs) Oh, the Bible says that God is slow to anger, but it just seems to me that our complaining speeds it up. I'm giving you five reasons to stop complaining this morning. Reason number one, complaining angers God. Reason number two, why we should stop complaining this morning, that is complaining attracts negative people. Complaining attracts negative people. In the book of Amos chapter number three and verse number three, the Bible says two cannot walk together unless they agree. It's been well said, birds of a feather flock together. We tend to hang out with people who look and act and think like we do. And so because of that, if you are a complainer, guess who you're going to attract? Here's what I've discovered, and that is complainers tend to be negative people. I mean, they they can find a problem in every solution. Oh, they're quick to give you a list of all of the reasons why something cannot be done. And it doesn't matter, no matter how good something is, they can always find fault with it. Such was the case with the grumpy old man who could never, his wife could never ever please him. And one morning for breakfast she decided, I'm going to please him once I'm, I'm, I'm going to please him. And so, so that morning she got up and she fixed him two eggs and she scrambled one egg and she fried the other egg. And as she set the eggs in front of him, he, he snarled at her. And she looked at him and she said, she said, what's wrong now? Oh, oh, he said, you scrambled the wrong egg. Here's what I know. Negative people add little value to our lives. Now, I'm not saying that they don't have value. All of God's creation has value. I'm talking about adding something of value to our life. So this morning, if you're surrounded by a bunch of of complainers, you might need to take inventory of what has been coming out of your mouth. Because Amos said... Two will not be able to walk together unless they are in agreement. So so if you don't like the people you are attracting, then you need to start working on you because we attract people like us. I'm giving you five reasons this morning to stop complaining. Number one, complaining angers God. Number two, complaining attracts negative people. The third reason why we need to stop complaining is complaining alienates positive people. Not only does complaining attract negative people, it actually alienates positive people. Once again, Amos chapter 3 and verse 3 says that that it is impossible for two to walk together unless they are in agreement. Here's what I've noticed. Complainers find fault with everything. It doesn't matter the subject. It doesn't matter the situation. They, They seem to be an equal opportunity complainer. For instance, they claim that the world has has never been so wicked. 
Man, our world today, it's never been so wicked. Really? Really? You really believe that? Have you never read the Old Testament? Obviously, some of you have not. I'm reading straight through the Bible again this year. Right now, I'm in the book of Daniel. And what I've discovered anew and afresh is, and that is the Old Testament is filled with wickedness. The Bible says in the Old Testament times that the, that the imagination of the heart of the people, the heart of men in those days was only evil continually. The Bible says in the Old Testament that God destroyed everything in the entire world besides Noah's family and some animals in a flood because of man's wickedness. The Bible says that he torched the twin cities of Sodom and Gomorrah because they were so wicked. It seems to me, and I've just read through it, it just seems to me about all they did in the Old Testament was sin and kill one another. The complainers say, politics today. Oh, politics today. It's never been so corrupt, oh, as it is today. Really? You really believe that? I just read the Old Testament. The kings, the kings in the Old Testament were corrupt. Only a very small handful of kings were good. They killed anybody that got in their way. They would kill you just so they could steal your good-looking wife. They killed their own brothers so there was no way they could be in line for the throne. They would take the sacred vessels and treasures from the temple of the Lord and they would party with them. The complainers say, oh, the church today, (laughs) it's going to hell in a handbasket. Ah, the church today, it's so worldly. Ah, it's never been in such bad shape as it is today. Really? What Bible are you reading? Have you never read the New Testament? This may be my last sermon. I don't know, but (laughs) sure getting a lot of bad stares coming my way, but it's the truth. Have you never read the New Testament? Some of the members of the New Testament church, some of the members of the Corinthian church were having sex with their mother-in-law. They were getting drunk. At communion. Good luck doing it at our communion. (laughs) 
Now hear me this morning. Am I saying that all is right with our world? Am I saying there's no corruption in politics? Am I saying that the church is everything that it ought to be? Absolutely not. But listen to me this morning. I refuse to throw in with those who are always singing the blues and seem to to feed off of the latest negative exaggeration. I don't know about you this morning, but here's what I know. And what I know is that my God is still on the throne. What I know this morning is that my God is still in control. Oh, yes, there is wickedness in our world, but there's a remnant. I said there's still a remnant of God-fearing, Jesus-loving, devil-hating, heaven-bound people today. Yes, there's corruption in politics. Yes, there's sin in the church. But there are still some godly principled politicians as well. And there's still a group of Christians who, who, who make up Christ's true church, who still, have, who still love God and serve Him to the best of their ability. Oh, I don't know about you this morning. Throw in with those whose motto is, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Throw in with them if you want to. Not me. No, sir, not me. I choose to align myself with positive people. I choose to align myself with people that have not flo- thrown in the towel and have not stayed down for the count. I, cho- I choose to believe that my Bible still tells me that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Amen. It still tells me that greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. It still tells me that he's going to have a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. It still tells me that he's in charge. It still tells me that everything's okay because God is running the show. Throw in the towel if you want to, but I'm going to continue to fight, and I'm going to continue to believe, and I'm going to still enjoy the victory that is mine through Christ Jesus. Well, if God doesn't if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Ridiculous. That's the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. They couldn't even find ten. Couldn't even find ten righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. There's more than that sitting right here this morning. There's still some God-fearing people. There's still some people that love God. There's still some people that are hooked up to the will of God. Amen. God's not done with America. He's not done with the grace place. Amen. He's not done with the church. Amen. God is still working today. I ask you this morning, who, who do you choose to align yourself with? Complaining alienates positive people. And positive people add much value to our lives. But complainers drive these kind of people away. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm not sure I like this new series. I'm giving you five reasons to stop complaining this morning. Number one, complaining angers God. Number two, complaining attracts negative people. Number three, complaining alienates positive people. Number four this morning, why we should stop complaining? Because complaining adds to our problems. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 15 says, For the despondent... For the despondent, this is what happens. Every day brings trouble. What the Bible said, Proverbs 15 and 15, for the, de- for the despondent, every day brings trouble. On the other hand, for the happy heart, life 
is a continual feast. Write this down this morning. Here's what I've discovered. You find what you look for. You find what you look for. If you look for something good, you're going to find it. Look, if you're looking for a church this morning and you're looking for something good, if you'll look, you'll find it right here. If you look for something bad, you'll find it. Look for something bad at this church, you'll find it. It's got people in it. I, I think it's better than anything else going. I think it's awesome, man, the harmony, the unity, man, the spirit. You know, I think the Grace Place is incredible. I, you know, I've stuck around here longer than any other place, so I'm not just preaching. I'm telling you, I believe it. I think we've got something special here, but it's still full of people. You find what you look for. If you look for reasons why you, why you can do something, you're going to find those reasons. If you look for reasons why you can't do something, you're going to find those reasons. Because you find what you look for. Complaining adds to our problem. And here's how. It causes us to focus on our problem instead of our instead of the solution let's look at the fifth and final reason why we should stop complaining and i want you to listen up this morning cuz this is something everyone needs to hear why should we stop complaining reason number 5 because because complaining announces our lack of trust and thankfulness. Look in the book of Exodus chapter 16. Book of Exodus chapter 16, verses 6 through 8. The Bible said, Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel, At evening you shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? Also Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat in the the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints which you make against him. And notice this last part, and what are we? Moses says, what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses said to the children of Israel, he said, when you you complain to us, he said, you are actually complaining against God. When we complain about what we don't have or we begin to complain about our circumstances, what we are really doing is we are announcing our lack of trust and thankfulness in what God is either doing or God is allowing in our life. When we complain, it's like slapping God in the face. It's like saying, God, God, I'm not sure you know what you're doing. 
God, I'm not convinced you're in control of this situation. The children of Israel actually verbalized it. And they, they said, God, we were better off in Egypt. We were better off before we prayed for you to, for you to rescue us. Write this down this morning. Write this down. You've got to write this down. Here's what we need to understand this morning, and that is this. Listen to it. Write it down. God will always take us through something on our way to something. God will always take us through something on our way to something. I stand here this morning as an example of that. God took my wife and I through something for two and a half years before we came here to prepare us. God will always take us through something on our way to something. And this process, this process of taking us through something will qualify us and it will equip us and it will make us ready when he gets us to something. The word of the Lord for somebody here this morning is stop complaining. Stop complaining. Stop complaining about the people that God has placed in your life. Stop complaining about the predicament that God has allowed in your life. Stop complaining about your lack of provision or your lost promotion or your latest persecution because all of these, all of these and more are a part of God's process of taking us through something in order to prepare us so he can take us to something. And let me tell you this this morning, and that is if we're not willing to go through something, he won't take us to something. And here's something else that I've come to know. Oh, listen this morning, listen to me this morning. It's worth going through something in order to get to something. I'm preaching better than that, amen. I said it's worth going through something in order to get to something. You see, hear me this morning, hear me. If we only knew the to something that God has planned for us, we would stop complaining when experiencing the through something. Stop complaining and start praising. Stop complaining and start believing. Stop complaining and have faith for your personal promised land. Because, hear me this morning, if God is taking you through something, it is because he's taking you to something. And you may not like to through something this morning, and you may be grumbling and complaining, and you may be not understanding the through something this morning, but you just need to understand this morning that before he gets you to something, he's going to get you through something. And he's going to take the through something, and he's going to use that to prepare you and to make you ready to take you to something. Because the through something, it's the process that gets you ready for your very own personal promise. 
takeaway for the message today is complaining kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. The takeaway for this morning is complaining will hold us back as well. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning. Father, I believe that that this is a, a specific word for somebody here this morning. God, I pray you'll help us this morning, especially for those that are going through the through something of their life, those that are going through the wilderness right now, God. But if only they could understand that, yes, they're going through the wilderness, but beyond the wilderness there is a promised land. And it's a land that flows with milk and honey. It's an exceeding good land. It's everything you promised them and more. And if only they'll just keep going with you and keep keep their, their heart and their attitude and their spirit right as they go through something, eventually they'll get through that. And when they get through something, they'll finally enjoy the to something that you have promise and that you have planned for their life.